Thank God it's free range. You are listening to Free Range Radio Friday with your host, Michael Elves. Pour yourself a beverage and turn up the volume because here on 101.5 UMFM, the weekend starts now.
101.5 UMFM, this is Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Loves and kicking things off for us tonight. The title track from Vanishing Twins' latest record, Afternoon X. Uh, it is evening now, but, uh, you know, it's a really hype song. Gets things started on a good note. We've got a busy show for you tonight. Lots of new music, first of all, but um, also Shalaka Jadav, who uh, was instrumental in putting together a uh, school of art installation here on campus uh and then seth cardinal uh, dodging horse who joined her as one of the artists in residence uh they just did a really cool thing at uh, southeast collegiate with a group of students and we're going to play the uh the results of their workshop the students created some music earlier this week we've got that coming up shortly and i talk with Seth and Shalaka. Uh, but before we get to that, Joel Saracula, who we've played some of his solo stuff before, uh, part of a new group called The New Visionaries with Phil Martin, just dropped a new record and uh, it's called The Sunshine. And with this nice warm weather this week after that really nasty cold snap, it's got me in the mood. So this is The Sunshine here on 101.5.
Well, uh, I am joined in studio to talk about uh, a recent exhibition here at the University of Manitoba School of Art Gallery, but then uh, a project that grew as an offshoot of uh, an installation and uh, an idea. Uh, the installation was called To Broadcast is to Scatter. The exhibition. Uh, exhibition, yes. rather. Sorry, Shalaka Jadhav just uh, corrected me on the name of the, the it's exhibition. Um, and, uh, this, like... A lot of times when you think of a visual, like you think visual art in a gallery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this has like a lot of like sonic and like kind of mm-hmm. intellectual elements to it. Sure. Yeah. There's there's a lot of installation work um, as artists were interested in sort of responding to the space um, as well as sort of playing off and, and thinking about ways to engage um, themes of the title to broadcast is to scatter. It's kind of a definition, right? Where. Um, broadcasting is, is sending a message out into the world, um, sharing it with with people, but it also has um, it has roots, no pun intended, in, <laughs> in agriculture, where it refers to the sowing of seeds and casting them broadly, um, and so and so a lot of it, it just made sense for artists to come respond to the space and think about maybe how their work um, scatters in and amongst one another. So there's quite a few floor works, there's video work in the exhibition. Um, and yeah, Seth can maybe speak to the, the sound work. Right. So one of the artists we've got is, uh, Seth Cardinal Dodging Horse. Um, so Seth, like, were you given just like kind of carte blanche in terms of like, here's the topic, like (laughs) come up with something or like, did you have some direction in terms of like what your participation ended up being? I think like initially, I think it was almost a year year ago now, I think that, uh, um, like you reached out to me and I, yeah, we just like did a studio visit and had a conversation. And I think you asked me what I was working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the most recent thing I had been doing at the time was experimenting with building pirate radios out of a Raspberry Pi, which is like a mini computer. And um, you can program it so that it can essentially be a mini broadcasting station to broadcast on the airwaves and uh with like limited range and i was playing around with that and also playing around with this buffalo hide um that my dad gave me and my dad is uh he's umskapi pagani which is blackfeet southern pagan and he uh he takes care of some buffalo in his community and he gave me a buffalo robe a hide um from one of them and i was kind of playing around with different ideas of how to have them together and then uh, we were having these conversations and I was like, this is what I'm working on right now. And kind of from there, it just like happened just through conversation, just being like, you know, this is what I'm interested in right now. This is what I want to do. I'm really interested in this buffalo robe and broadcasting something. And initially I wanted to broadcast the old archival recordings of an Indian agent from my community, uh, Tsutinov, the Indian agent. And then it kind of shifted to where I had a dream and I was like, okay, maybe I'll broadcast like this dream I had. And it kind of shifted from being about, you know, this, I started thinking about how like, you know, I didn't want to empower the ghost of the Indian agent and broadcast him and kind of bring him back to life and have his voice out there. Right. So then I was thinking about like more about like dreams and how, you know, it's like the radio, it's like these things that come and go and, you pick up and receive and yeah it just came f- through conversation and mm-hmm. i think it's like really nice because uh it all just 
happened organically. So it, it, the Indian Age thing, and I, I, just, I mean, obviously you essentially kind of abandoned that and decided not to give them a voice, but was it like th- their recordings of like visiting the, the Blackfoot Nation or like? Yeah, so on my mom's side, I'm Tsutina, which is Diné, and uh, on my Tsutina side, um, which is where I grew up and what the work in the gallery is about, it's about um, that land and that side of my family. And I was doing research in a lot of different um, museums and archives, and I found these cassette tape recordings done in the 1960s, um, where I think the nephew of the Indian agent recorded him, but he was 96 years old in the recordings. Okay. So this is a man who would have been born sometime in the 1860s, which is kind of wild. Like he saw, he saw so much change within his lifetime. Right. To the point where he he's talking about like before there was roads, before there was settlements and things. Uh, besides, like you know, my ancestors being there. Yeah. And he's also talking about like the like Stanley Cup finals or something in the <laughs> 1960s and what he saw on TV and that that's kind of where I, I got that recording from and I, I think the original idea was kind of to bring him back to life and kind of do a performance through sound or something to kind of destroy him you know right and then yeah ended up coming more from a personal place after you know sure so the archival research phase like do you go purposely like looking for something or are you just kind of like Entering a space and seeing kind of what that space tells you or what you discover. I think it's it's both like um, I kind of usually do some research beforehand, like through like digital databases, like online or through emailing people who um, work in places like in the National Archives or like the Glenbow Museum in Calgary. And um, sometimes I have an idea where uh, I I know what's there and people send me a list and sometimes I don't and oftentimes I will go in there maybe looking for one thing either like a object that was collected or photographs or some written documents and then I'll kind of like come across like so many things so mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm someone who because of residential schools like growing up I had a limited scope of how much information was shared about my family even from my own family about who we are and thankfully that's changed in recent years and through even through like me doing research of trying to find out who I was and who my family was I ended up like finding like I have a photograph of photographs of people in my family going back seven generations to when people first like you know settlers first started coming to like the Treaty 7 like Alberta area I'm from and that wasn't something that I ever thought would exist and would just be like stumbling upon it and yeah that's how I kind of came across these recordings I didn't know they were there mm-hmm. um, at the Glenbow Museum in Calgary and then I found them there. Shalaka when you're you know enlisting artists to do a project like this mm-hmm. do you have like a vision of like what mm-hmm. they're going to produce or are you like trying to like draw something out of them mm-hmm. yeah um so so this exhibition is sort of housed under the visiting curator program at the university of manitoba's school of art gallery and um it's it's been really a luxurious experience to to work with them in that um there is a lot of room to play 
Um, so in some gallery contexts, you have like a really rigid budget and and you're like delivering on like very strict timelines. And so a lot of times that means that curators are working with works that exist already um, versus with this process, um, as sort of Seth mentioned, it kind of came out of a lot of different conversations and conversations take time. Um, so there are a couple works in the exhibition that are commissioned. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I come to all of them sort of introducing myself, um, some of the things that I'm interested in thinking about and the questions that are swirling about. And I think um, there were a couple different stories I was sort of sharing in those first studio visits with artists. Um, one of them sort of being around, yeah, 2020, when people had a lot more time or were at home, how you know for example I turned to kitchen projects like fermentation to kind of keep time differently and it really got me thinking about the human insistence of time and what it means to organize our lives around work and and what it could look like if we poked a little portal and thought of time as rhizomatic instead of linear right when we think of calendars they're just these big grids so what what else exists um and so yeah i think a lot of the works in the show kind of come come about from this like storytelling exchange and i feel very grateful to artists um in the exhibition including yourself seth for just being open to having conversations and and seeing where we can play and um yeah i think I think that maybe isn't yeah. isn't the most most straightforward answer yeah, to, no, to your I question, mean, but I'm, I'm not always looking for straightforward. Yeah. I want to like yeah understand process and process is very seldom yeah. straightforward. And and I would say like the process for the way that the show came about is also very rhizomatic. Like it came from poking into different sort of um, theorists and sort of how they were thinking about time um, and how they were thinking about sort of like how cycles flow into one another and. Um, it's cool that the theory of the show and the way that it un- unraveled sort of are are in alignment. Right. So, Seth, was the, the Raspberry Pi thing like a, a COVID project for you? Like, had you looked at, like, w- w- you know, were you like, oh, I'm going to build like a radio station, kind of like that's going to be one of my projects? Or was that something happening already? Uh, it was it was something happening already. Um, I kind of got into them because um, someone in the arts community years ago had asked me uh they confused me with another artist and they were like hey uh like do you want to come and do a pirate radio workshop for some youth um some indigenous youth up north and i was like okay cool and i was like but uh you know that that wasn't me but i can do that but they were like okay awesome like great uh but, you know, I had lied. I had never done it before, and I didn't know anything about them. So then I spent a month teaching myself how to do it and learning about it. So then I went and did this workshop with some youth where we got to build them. And, like, I taught them how to, like, uh, record and, like, spend time with them. And that's, like, initially how it came about was just, like, I uh, I just, like, learned how to do it so that I could share it with others and... Uh, it kind of came from just like, I think for me, I'm like a very curious person. So I was just like, okay, I'll learn how to do this thing. It seems interesting and I'll do it. And yeah, I mean, like when the pandemic happened and everything, that probably would have been a good idea to just like make a little pirate radio station from my house, my bedroom. But I feel like on the reserve where I live, like, I don't know 
like my family all kind of lives around me and they already like hear me talk lots I feel <laughs> like they're already kind of sick of me in a way <laughs> so I don't know how much fun that would have been for other people but you know I guess like in hindsight I'm like you know I could have done that that would have been a great idea Sure enough. Well, it just seemed, it seemed like it could have been conceivably something that happened during that time. Uh, but in terms of, you know, on the heels of that first Indigenous Youth Workshop, I mean, part of the reason you guys are in here talking is that you did another workshop and we're going to broadcast kind of the, the fruits of that workshop. I'm wondering if you can kind of talk about, you went to Southeast Collegiate? Yes. Uh, you know, what the process was like going and, and working with these youth? Yeah, I think like, so the workshop we did, the whole workshop over three days and on the first day what we did was um has kind of like spent um that first day talking about myself and just like showing them what I do and the art that I make and kind of the land that I come from and how that's like very intertwined with my work and uh you know, I'm someone who comes, like, I still live on the reserve that I grew up on, and I'm someone that comes from, like, the reserve, and so I, I kind of, like, I, I do kind of notice a gap in the arts of, like, other Indigenous artists that come from a similar lived experience, um, you know, and this isn't, like, a diss to anyone, because everyone kind of has, like, different lived experiences, but oftentimes I'll notice, like, more come from, like, more urban spaces, and you know that's like a a different lived experience for mine and i uh you know i i I think what was like as excited about for this was like getting to spend time with youth who come from like different backgrounds indigenous youth and you know when i was growing up i never really saw anyone from the res who was out there doing a lot you know you kind of like you, you know you didn't really share or it wasn't it wasn't cool to be native at the time you know publicly like I think it's like really cool that like you know people are now getting nominated for Oscars and like different things and there's a lot of visibility which wasn't there when I was younger so I think like on that first day like I just kind of like wanted to show and like speak with the youth and like share that like you know I think like oftentimes when you come from the res and you're out there in the big city and stuff you feel very like shy and small and there's a lot of like barriers which like I personally understand because like I come from that so that was the first day and the second day uh was really fun because I brought a guitar and we also brought a keyboard like a Korg and kind of set up these stations and kind of got each group um we ended up doing three groups who each got to make a recording, which is going to be broadcasted on this show. And yeah, like, I think like, you know, it was really nice because everyone kind of got a chance to try out different things and experiment with pedals and, you know, uh, just make sound. And without, you know, not everyone had to, no one had to know how to play an instrument previously or even know what they're doing to like make sound and express themselves. and. Um, that's what we did on the second day and we made a recording of those and uh, that was like really great it made me happy because I got to see like you know <laughs> you know people were like laughing and giggling and like I don't know I got to like pretend I was like Jack Black in School of Rock for like <laughs> a couple days which was fun and then on the third day we uh, 
attempted to broadcast it. The Raspberry Pi didn't want to work, but you know, I kind of got to explain to them kind of like the function of it and talk about the work in the gallery and like mm-hmm. how these things are connected. And yeah, I think the idea was just to kind of like show them that, yeah, anybody could make music or sound or what music is. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think oftentimes uh, people are just taught that you have to be taught how to play an instrument before you can share music or make music. And yeah. I don't know if that answers everything. Yeah. So on the second day, you know, when you're making the music, like, are you just kind of handing over the instruments and saying, like, have at it? Or, like, what, like, do, do you have kind of like a, like, hand on the tiller? Like, like <laughs> is it, yeah. you know, are, are you, is there, like, any influence of yours? Or is it just, like, kind of what they come up yeah. with and you're kind of, like, sitting back and letting them kind of be the creators? I think there's like a little bit of both because I know like sometimes if you haven't touched an instrument, you don't really have a concept of what to make sound and where you can, you know, touch and play. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely did like show them a little bit like, oh, you can like strum down here on the guitar, but like you can also like play up here, which like, you know, you're, you're not really taught that you can play like, you know, like up in where the tuning pegs are and stuff I kind of like wanted to show them that like you can play guitar multiple ways and all like all of the different sounds it could make and yeah and then with the keyboard like I don't play piano or keys at all so I kind of just like was like here's some different ways you can make sound like what if we tried pressing all of the keys down um or what if we tried things like playing faster and stuff and uh yeah i think i think that was like you know i didn't want to be like you know we're all gonna play in the key of e and this all has more like like prodding than pushing kind of like yeah kind of just like you know here's here's what you could do and you know we're gonna like take a moment breathe and then we're gonna like start playing and you know i'm just kind of like go 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 and they're like okay and then they just start doing whatever and sure that's kind of that's kind of how it was it was like pretty like easy going and you know i'm i'm happy that they all participated and you know i didn't want to pressure anyone too much if they didn't want to participate or if you know and were you recording the whole time or was there kind of like we're gonna record at a certain point yeah is kind of like you know show them a little bit like first the first group what we did with all the groups is like uh it was just like okay let's just do a little like test run just like be wild or whatever do whatever and then um you know we'll record this next one and with this one like i'll use my hands and i'm not a conductor but i was like you know i'll use my hands and just like follow my hands like maybe when it goes my hand goes up then like the intensity builds and you play faster and louder and you know you start turning off the guitar pedals and switching the knobs around and then we'll bring it like back down and try different things like that and yeah that was that was like the I I think that's probably the biggest way that I was kind of like you know in a way kind of controlling what was going on was just like you know giving them something to follow. Right. 
All right, well, we're going to hear the, the results of this uh, right away here. It's the students of Southeast Collegiate. Uh, and Seth and Shalaka, thanks very much for coming in and, and talking and, and sharing with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you. 
Cause I feel too blind to see Lost in the feeling Making my way through the dark You were gleaming Are you still burning bright? Are you a dimming light? Just give me a sign That it's gonna be alright Come out, come out, wherever you are Come out wherever you are Was I a ghost in your loving arms? Am I a piece of your breaking heart? Back here on Thank God It's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. We just heard past guests, Asa Abbey and Ray Zaragoza. Uh, Asa Abbey, of course, uh, released the uh, Polaris Prize-nominated album Watson. Uh, we talked to him before he came to Folkfest. Ray Zaragoza, it's been years, but uh, she stopped by the station, did a live session with me, and uh, was here for, I think, maybe a, a Folkfest uh, workshop. Anyway, they have a new collaboration called Come Out, brand new single out yesterday, and uh, excited to get a chance to play it for you. That's new on Ishkode Records. Um, speaking of live sessions, Greg McPherson, he's playing tomorrow as part of Winter Eruption. He's doing a matinee show at the Goodwill tomorrow afternoon. Um, I'm going to play you something from a live session he and I did like over a decade ago now. Uh, I've got a track called River Lake. An oldie but a goodie. Uh, we're going to get into that. And then on the local tip, Flora Luna, which is the uh, solo moniker for uh, Freinet, one of the uh, local francophone folk acts. 
It has a new single that just dropped today called Santon Papier et la Plume. We're going to play you that. We got some more great music for you, all sorts of stuff. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. under the trees we dance close in summer clothes to the music in her heart I had music in my head said there's nothing in the shade that's not there in the light alone in the morning is alone at night no gentle set of hands to hold me
place, never understood goodbyes. Keeping her distance now, to stay close to herself now. Waving with her hands and hearts, holding the wishing cards, saying that it could not breathe no longer. Nothing left to say. No words could come her way. She slowly fell and dropped her red bike. I can never figure out why they never heard me shout. Then I doubted everything I saw.
as raison, tout est ici, même le début, même la fin. De toute façon, nous sommes soumis, même au début, c'était la fin. Oui, mais moi je cours, moi je cours encore, après l'amour, la mort. Tu as raison, nous sommes petits, tout noir, tout blanc, rien de gris. Les illusions de l'or poli Dans tes soupçons Quelques rubis Oui mais moi j'y crois J'y crois toujours Avant la mort L'amour Sous mon patient L'arénifile Pris dans sa toile Nous apprenons Les lettres Back here on, thank God it's Free Range, the Friday edition of Free Range Radio. I'm Michael Alves. You just heard Quebec's Berries with Albin de la Simon on piano. A live recording of a new track. She has a forthcoming record, although has teased when it's out, but no fixed date on it yet. I can't wait for new stuff from her. That was Dernier de la Jure. Uh, before that, Alana York with Marion, one of the lead singles off of her album Destroyer from the Halifax singer-songwriter. From the Netherlands, Chantal Acta and the Atlantic Drifters, the Friends Parade, uh, which features Bill Frizzell, legendary guitarist, uh, Shazad Ismaili, and many more uh, among the Atlantic Drifters, kind of a revolving door of jazz artists, uh, with a new single called The Friends Parade. That's from the album Silently Held that'll be out in the spring. Beautiful track, really 
really dug that one. Flora Luna with Son Temps Papier et a Plume before that, and Greg McPherson, who, of course, is playing at the Goodwill tomorrow afternoon. Uh, a lot of great stuff with Winterruption. Uh, if you missed it last week, my interview with Sunny War, uh, she's playing at the West End Cultural Center tomorrow night. Really recommend checking that out. We're going to pick the pace up a little bit here. We've got into a little mellow uh, fix there, but uh, as we head towards after eight and we hand things over to Kai, we're going to pick up the pace. This is Manchester Four Piece Porridge with a new single called My Only Love. They've got more stuff coming out this summer. Keep it locked here on 101.5 UMFM. <laughs>
Everybody said it'd be easy Everyone said it'd be fine But you gotta read the fine print It'll be right if you do right or die trying You should make it toast, we're still breathing It's a miracle, we're alive You should make a toast to this evening Do it right, it'll be right or die trying Saying that I'm out of time He was sick too, only lived to 35 Looking in the mirror again, look him in the eyes And it's always surprising what I'm gonna find It wasn't supposed to be like this, but that's life Read my lips, I know we'll be alright I know we'll be alright
saca lo que te duele tú, 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 tu latido Son latidos de hormiga levantando los ladrillos Tus tambores retumba con platillo Canta por los bosques, salpica con los grillos La pluma y el puma, la bruma, la rumba Zumba con la cumbia, en la ultratumba El sol te acompaña con el dulce de la caña Subirá tú la montaña entre maleza y maraña Sube la cima, súbete a la tarima Toma la pala, sube, escala hasta la colina ¿Qué? El viento cala, respira, exhala si algo ataca tú, tú mantén la calma en mí Míralo, siéntelo por el suelo Transpira, respira el cielo, ¡vámonos! Encendí, fruta recogí solo para ti, ti Tira de la cuerda, viene una tormenta Viene pa' limpiar al hombre con su metralleta Tú lleva el polen de flores de primavera Que nutre la tierra, alimenta la sierra Habla con el viento cuando pierda fuerza Sube paso firme hacia la cordillera Tanta gente escapando en patera Porque algunos se enamoraron de guerra Disparando muerte, pero las ideas Se plantan, se alzan, levantan Se cantan y bailan, por eso las matan La vida les da miedo y tú llevas fuego que late con tus dedos Tienes los ojos de tu abuela que tu portas poderoso Somos roca que alborota, brota Thank <laughs> you.